will not directly charge any of the cops involved in Breonna Taylor's death with her killing. We'll tell you more of what we know. Also, a church is suing to reopen during the pandemic. And Africa has avoided a lot of predicted nightmare scenarios around COVID-19. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Tyler Huckabee. Welcome to The Relevant Daily, where I bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up. First, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Convoy of Hope. In what feels like the blink of an eye, things got tough, really tough. That's why Convoy of Hope has provided more than 100 million meals to those hit hardest by the pandemic, people who've lost their jobs or are struggling to feed their children, those who can't afford to get sick. To help, visit convoyofhope.org relevant. That's convoyofhope.org relevant. Or use your smart speaker to give today. Any amount is appreciated and will help people who need it most. Your gift to convoyofhope.org relevant will make a difference for so many. Thank you for supporting Convoy of Hope as they respond to this crisis and others around the world. And if you can't give today, please keep showing kindness to others. We're going to get through this together. All right, here's today's top stories. A grand jury in Louisville has indicted former detective Brett Hankison on three counts of first degree wanton endangerment. Uh, He will be the only officer indicted for his actions during the police shooting that killed 26-year-old Breonna Taylor in her own home. On March 13th, neither Sergeant John Mattingly or Miles Cosgrove will face charges. So wanton endangerment is a class D felony, the penalty of one to five years in prison. Judge Annie O'Connell, who read the charges, said that Hankison wantonly fired a gun into three apartments. But the Louisville Courier Journal notes that Taylor's initials were not found among the charges, meaning the grand jury did not find that Hankison wantonly fired his gun into Taylor's apartment or at her. In other words, It appears that nobody was indicted for Brianna's actual death, just for the damage done to the surrounding apartments the night she was killed. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron's team has been investigating the shooting since May and presented the findings of their investigation to the grand jury a few days ago. Mayor Greg Fisher has since issued a curfew in Louisville beginning at 9 p.m. Last week, the city of Louisville settled a wrongful death lawsuit with Taylor's family for $12 million. That included a bundle of police reforms. On Tuesday, Mattingly sent an email to his police colleagues stating that he and his fellow officers did, quote, the legal, moral, and ethical thing that night. In the months since Taylor was killed, while she slept during a no-knock police raid, her cause has been taken up by protesters, activists, athletes, celebrities, and international figures demanding that arrests be made. In other news, Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. will be the first religious organization in the district to bring a legal challenge against the COVID-19 era restrictions on in-person worship services. The church says that permitting the mass demonstrations against racist police brutality while barring in-person worship services violates their First Amendment rights. The church is suing for the right to meet outdoors. Currently, D.C. bans all gatherings of more than 100 people, indoors or outdoors. The suit notes that Mayor Muriel Bowser herself has appeared at an outdoor anti-racism rally earlier this summer and that city police have been assigned to similar outdoor events throughout the pandemic. 
Uh, according to the suit, quote, the church takes no issue with the defendant's decision to permit these gatherings, which are themselves protected by the First Amendment, and the church supports this exercise of First Amendment rights. The church does, however, take exception to the defendant's decision to favor certain expressive gatherings over others. The First Amendment protects both mass protests and religious worship, but Mayor Bowser, by her own admission, has preferred the former over the latter. Capitol Hill Baptist is not a particularly large church. It has just over 850 members and no real online presence to leverage for the sort of socially distanced gatherings many American churches have been using since March. But the 142-year-old church is influential, and a congregational vote was overwhelmingly in favor of the suit, according to the Washington Post. We'll be keeping an eye on this in the coming weeks. Finally, some good news. Early in the pandemic days, there was a good deal of gloomy prophesying about what would happen if the novel coronavirus hit Africa, predicting that the looming health emergency would cripple a continent in which many countries are experiencing high rates of poverty. There were calls for an influx of aid and loans to African countries bracing for the impact of a COVID-19, quote, time bomb. But as it turns out, the nations of sub-Saharan Africa have so far outmaneuvered the coronavirus. For example, Liberia has around 5 million people, but only 82 COVID-19 related deaths. Senegal has about 16 million people, but only 302 registered deaths. There are 12 million people in Rwanda, but only 26 deaths. Lots we don't know about this story. Uh, we, we don't even know that much about how COVID-19 works right now. And obviously no nation is out of the woods yet, but so far, African nations have avoided the nightmare scenarios that were being predicted. Now, there are a few possible reasons for this, as Karen Atiyah writes at the Washington Post. One is experience. Many African countries have experienced serious outbreaks of infectious diseases in the past and still have solid infrastructures in place for dealing with resurgences that were easily adapted to the COVID-19 era. Liberia started screening passengers at airports early and quarantined passengers from nations that had seen outbreaks. Senegal already had rigorous contact tracing protocols set up to deal with Ebola outbreaks and was able to offer a hospital bed or similar facility to anyone who tested positive. And in Rwanda, testing and treatment for COVID-19 is free. As Atia notes, it's not all necessarily good news. Police in Kenya did kill 15 citizens while enforcing pandemic-era curfew restrictions. But these success stories are significant, especially when put up against the international context. Across the globe, the U.S. is facing record low public approval ratings, particularly regarding its bungled response to the coronavirus pandemic. The U.S. has become the epicenter of the pandemic, crossing the very sad milestone of 200,000 COVID-related deaths this week. Of the 13 nations surveyed by Pew, all ranked the U.S. COVID-19 response lowest globally, with the response from the EU and the World Health Organization getting the highest marks. On average, just 15% said that the U.S. had done a good job compared to 64% for WHO, 57% for the EU, and 37% for China. So hopefully the, uh, the, the nations in the West here can maybe learn a little bit from how Africa has responded to this for future outbreaks. And you can read more about this story and everything else we're covering today over at the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. For the latest, make sure to follow Relevant on social media, Twitter at Relevant, Facebook and Instagram at Relevant Magazine. You can subscribe to our other podcasts there as well. I'm here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thank you for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily.